before we start this awesome podcast, I wanted to invite you to go to trekoffmovie.com. There you can see the trailer and get information about Trek Off the Motion Picture, a movie based on this podcast. Go there. You can like us on Facebook from there. Just go to trekoffmovie.com. Pause it and go. Okay, now you're back. Also, you can get more of the hundreds of hours of Trek Off podcast at trekoffpodcast.com or by searching Trek Off in iTunes. Okay, go ahead and pause and do that. Okay, now you've done both those things. It's time to listen to Trek Off, trekoffmovie.com and trekoffpodcast.com. Share it with all your friends. Warning, the following podcast has plot spoilers and naughty language, so listener discretion is advised. It's time for Trek Off, Enterprise Double D. Hello and welcome to Trek Off. My name is Justin. And my name is Alexia. And there's a story for you. Uh, once upon a time, there was a man named Daniel Ross. Yes, um, there was. <laughs> and Daniel Ross did a movie called Sparks. Yes, he and, did. And introduced us to someone named Chris Fellino. Yes. And Chris Fellino, the director of Sparks, introduced us to someone named Clint Howard. Yes, he did. And Clint Howard from Sparks, I guess, vouched for us or something? Because somehow or another, we're about to have William Cat on. I know, right? Show. Um, uh. And this is, uh, look, there won't be a well, lot I'm of time. I'm pretty sure Chris Foligno was helping us out with that. And then, well, and we met William Cat. It's not just Clint because we don't get Clint without uh, Chris and we don't get William Cat without, without Chris. We don't get Sparks without Chris. No, so, and that so, would have been tragic. A, Chris Foligno is awesome. B, Sparks is awesome. So yes. we'll just do the first plug now. Search on Amazon for Sparks and buy oh. it. And if you're like, I don't want to buy it, then go to Xbox right now and rent it. Um, and do that right now. It's called Sparks. It's like it's like a like a low budget Watchmen, and it's really good. It's, it's really, like all really like forties noir superhero-y awesomeness and. Yeah, Sparks definitely uh, go see. But without uh, further ado, ladies and gentlemen, here's William Cat. Yay! Okay, uh, it is time, ladies and gentlemen. We uh, have a guest on the line. Um, uh, this particular guest uh, is the greatest. Is, is the greatest, um, and he's American. There's a hint. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, uh, this this particular guest, we had the uh, the opportunity to meet at the Washington D.C. screening of uh, the great film Sparks, which we just talked about. Um, uh, and uh, I'm just gonna go through a little bit that this uh, gentleman has done. Uh, this guy, I'm just I could just speed through the list that I have written down here. Um, There's so many. Um, like, and of course, you know, every interview is going to start with Grace Megan here, and I'm going to just save that till later because there's a ton of other fun stuff here. Of course, Carrie, uh, he's uh, in House, which is probably yeah. the first her first horror movie that I ever saw. He was on uh, the animated series, both Brave and the Bold, and the animated series of Batman, Heroes, Andromeda, Walker, Texas Ranger, Animaniacs. He played Paul Drake in nine episodes of Perry Mason. He was on Kojak, Gunsmoke, uh, Kung Fu, Mash. Um, and Sparks, uh, and that is probably about 12% of the INDB. That's just yeah, the stuff that I, think, that I think you guys would be interested in. Um, ladies and gentlemen, the <laughs> William Cat. <laughs> Hi, Bill. Hey, you guys. How's it going? Yes. You didn't mention the other 80% of the really bad films that I've done. No, none no. of them are bad. There's no such thing. If you are in it, it's not bad. Period. End of story. <laughs> Deadly fire. Um, 
I actually, seriously, so I just, here's what actually truly happened um, the other day, because I was talking about you, of course, to my husband, and we were talking about how great you are, and, and then all of a sudden, wow. I was looking through stuff, and I was like, oh my god, how could I have forgotten that he was in house, house, and then he's like, I don't know what you're talking about, I was like, oh, you don't know what I'm talking about? I was like, we must watch it. We must watch it now. And so, of course, oh he immediately watched it. And then he was like, this is so great. I was like, I know, right? It was awesome. Yeah, that, yeah, that, that was a really, really fun film. I have to, I have to uh, tip my hat to uh, Steve Miner, who was the director of that film. Really, most of the credit goes to him. I mean, he cast it with so many terrific people and... And uh, it was definitely his sense of humor. The guy's off the wall, and, and it was reflected in the film. You know? Oh, well, totally. It's so much fun. And the creature well, and it's effects. A, oh. It's ahead of its time, too. I mean, I mean, you, it would be years before you had, like, Scream to suddenly make uh, horror comedy that was both scary and funny, because you'd have spoofs that weren't scary. Right. But, I mean, Alex, Alex and I are, are, both, uh, are both in our late 30s, so that film came out at a, at a time wow. when, you know, I probably the only other film I had seen before, and it was, before it was Poltergeist. Um, and even then, my parents would cover my eyes. This one, they were like, oh, this seems <laughs> safe. Um, it's supposed to be funny. Um, and, of course, to little me, I'm like, ah! It, so, like, like, it was... Uh, it was one of the first scary movies that I was allowed to see. Um, oh, very cool! Yeah, it's it's kind of like my when when parents when I see them at, at conventions and stuff, I I uh, I typically recommend that as a first uh, a starter film, a starter horror film for their kids because it's it's you get scared but you laugh in the next breath, you know. Well, yeah, that was, it's yeah, here's here's a question then of um of course uh the show and Carrie are the two that you that that you get the most uh, at conventions. After that, what who what do people want to talk to you about after those two? Oh, gee whiz, I don't know. Um, 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 I, I, I don't know. Uh, do you want to get a you know? Let's go have a glass of wine or something. A, a, a glass of wine and some Novocaine, <laughs> and we'll be fine. <laughs> I, I, I just should. Uh, should point out to, the, to your listeners that uh, what happened last night, I was so anxious to call you. I, I had gotten my dates mixed up. And uh, so yesterday I was calling you frantically trying to reach you, and I left a message, and we spoke, and I said I had had oral surgery on my mouth to correct uh, uh, some of the idiotic things that I say typically. <laughs> and uh, by the time I got to you guys, I had like a fork sticking out of my cheek and my, because my mouth was so numb, you know. And uh, it was it was just it was a ride. And thank thank goodness it was tonight and, instead of last night. Because <laughs> there's no telling what I would have said. I um, know. I'm sort of sad now. <laughs> Curses. <laughs> Speaking of no telling uh, what one would say, um, I'm just gonna uh, for our listeners who've been uh, following. Um, my conversation with them uh, about this. I just want to clear what is the elephant in the room for me, which is probably something you don't remember. Um, uh, when I met you at the premiere of Sparks, uh, mm -hmm. I was I was a spaz. Um, uh, I was that guy that you weren't signing his debts uh, that was spazzing out and like is <laughs> like I. It works really, and and I said this to Clint when he came on. It works really well on the show because it gives me an energy, and I go yeah, and it's good. Um, and occasionally when I bring it to me and bring it in real life to places, it's like wow. Um, uh, and at the end uh, of everything, after being sort of spastic and everything, uh, Chris handed me a, um, a a graphic novel, and I was like, "Oh, I'll get him to sign it." And I sort of walked over, and you were talking to Ashley Bell, who, by the way, is also astounding in Sparks, which we're going to talk about. Um, yes, yeah, and, yeah. and I and I totally interrupted your conversation with her. 
Um, and I sort of felt this moment of really, dude. I've been sitting here for like I've been sitting here for an hour and a half, not talking to Ashley, and now you come up and interrupt me. And so I, like, I totally geeked out. So first of all, I want to say I apologize for uh, for being that guy. Um, <laughs> um, it's one of those it's it's one of those moments where uh, where you're nervous because you're meeting a celebrity and someone that you've seen you know on TV when you were a kid and oh, that yeah. sort of thing, and you start speaking and then the words are out of your mouth and you want to put them back in. <laughs> You're like, how, how many how many times have I done that? I can't tell you. You know when I you know, when when I meet uh, people that I I'm I, I have a regular respect and admiration for, and typically I'm like tongue tied and blah 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 blah. I just <laughs> I, I can't even speak. You know. Well, and, and that and that led me to the question I was going to have for you because uh, in in doing our research because we're very professional. Um, I. I looked into um, uh, you are a pedigree um, grew up. It looks like just like with uh, like from the moment you like first popped out, um, like you're there in the middle of like, as I was, as I wrote down in my notes behind the fourth wall of yeah. um, uh, your mom, who's Barbara Hale um, huh? uh, was uh, just for our audience was in Perry Mason um, from 19 from 1957 to 1995. Um, yeah, but, yeah, but way before that, I mean, she was uh, Frank Sinatra's first love interest. She gave his first on-screen kiss. She worked with Jimmy Stewart. She, <gasps> uh, she, she uh, in fact, I, she was pregnant with me. She did three films, including Lorna Dune and uh, a couple other things. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was in, in, ingrained in me from the time I was a kid. I mean, that was my first memory as a child was waking up between uh, – a horse's legs watching my dad film Kit Carson, you know? Well, and that, and that's what I'm saying. Your dad, your dad, Bill Williams, um, was, uh, Again, I'm I'm leaving out about 150 credits, but for our audiences, uh, was on the Batman TV show. Um, uh, uh, also, Kit Carson, he did a huge tons of Kit Carson. Uh, also on Perry Mason, everyone's on Perry Mason. I'm going to ask you about that. And at the very beginning, I couldn't believe this. At the very very beginning of his IMDb, King Kong. He had a small role in that, but he also did, uh, more importantly, he did a series that was short-lived, but he did a series with Betty White called Date with, Date with an Angel. Okay. Um, so, and, uh, so and I'm sure listeners are familiar with Betty White. She's, uh, she's everywhere these days. She's astounding. She's hilarious. Um, yes. so that, that being the case, that being the case that you were, you, that, that you're growing up behind the fourth wall, like, are there shows are that like, do you have like, as the greatest American hero is to people like me, are you able to, because you know the actors, because you know the sets, are you able to watch a show and like, like put the reality of it away? Like when you're 15, 16, 20 years old, the age of our listeners, do you, is there, are there shows that you're geeking out about that you're getting into? Oh, 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 oh sure. You know, but uh, for my age group and, and where I come from, I mean, I'm watching uh, periodically, I'll, I'll, I'll come across a program on TV land and uh, it will strike a chord with me and I'll watch it for a few minutes. And, uh, yeah, yeah, there's shows about it, but I, you know, you, you, one of the great things is you, you suspend your disbelief, uh, even when it's your friends, and and you get into the show itself, and you don't think about those things. Um, are there are there any people that you would like? Who would you geek out about um, if you like if you met? Like, are there people that are still well, celebrities to you? I met. Well, I'll tell you, I'm like one of my great heroes was Steve McQueen. I got to meet him one night. Uh, when I was uh, in my early 20s before he passed. Um, and uh, that, w that was just marvelous, you know. And uh, I've, I've met some rock and rollers, you know, that are, you know, 
uh, Rod Stewart and some big guys like that, and I I was just uh, terribly impressed and by their uh, by their credits and pedigree and the history of what they brought to the entertainment field. But were you able I to did. play it cool, or were you were you tongue tied <laughs> and then <did>. cool? <laughs> I was tongue tied. I met Diane Keaton was. I, I was completely flabbergasted and tongue tied. Uh, over her work, uh, it, it was uh, a few years after Annie Hall, and she was still like such a big star at the time. That's so cool. I it like may- to call those actor crushes. <laughs> <laughs> it, it it makes me feel a lot better to know that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I so, would be I would be classy like Justin and apologize for like mauling and molesting you, but I really liked yeah. it, so I probably won't. <laughs> She has she has she hasn't watched her boob since. Um it's weird. That, would you stop it? People are it's starting to talk. They are uh, not. <laughs> I cleanse frequently, okay? <laughs> Don't have hygiene you, problems. You cleanse frequently. I like That's that. That's right. <laughs> um I uh, so so one of the things that I that that I notice and it's you know, I would assume that it's it's sort of from uh like from having done Greatest American Hero that there's there's a lot of the superhero genre um in your oeuvre um uh just going through like i said you you have batman in there you have heroes in there um you did super which is uh which is a really unique film and of course sparks is that is that something like are you attracted to that like and you even wrote a greatest american hero comic book so i assume it's it's something that you're attracted to what what is the appeal for you well i i think when you've been around you know for the the decades that i've been around i I had this discussion with Clint howard i mean you just want to branch out and try lots of different things. And um, inevitably what happens is these superhero roles and projects, they roll around it periodically and you step into them if they seem interesting. Tell me how you got involved with Sparks. How did that, how did that, how does Chris, who's awesome, uh, form a relationship with you? Uh Well, I tell you, uh, I met Chris because he was uh, directing his first film, which was called Gamers which is uh, uh, kind of an, uh, based on a, a little bit of an autobiography of his uh, as he was an avid uh, uh, Dungeons & Dragons uh, player. He was uh, a self, uh, self-proclaimed geek. And um, so he wrote this show that was a mockumentary, this film, that was about these guys, a group of guys that really um, sacrificed the, the entire rest of their life for like 20 some odd years to play this game and be the longest running gamers in history. Um, quite funny. And I met him. He called me to play a role, to play a boss of one of the guys that was in the show. And uh, that's how we met. We became very, very fast friends. Um, a long story short, uh, we started a company called Catastrophic Comics. We uh, produced three, uh, three uh, comic books. And uh, and it, and it right at the right time when uh, when the publishing world was imploding in in two thousand and eight, so that's <laughs> how lucky we were with that. <laughs> and we're, but we've stayed fast friends. And then he, when he was doing this, he asked if I would uh, be a part of it and and chime in with some ideas and whatnot, which I did. And I was just thrilled with the outcome. I thought he did. It just was amazing for the uh, for the budget that he had, and everybody says that they always make excuses. But uh, in this case, it looks beautiful. Uh, it's mm-hmm. a great story, noir thriller, and um, I think he just did a marvelous job. What one of the things that was, and I mean, I'm a broken record on this, but that was uh, 
I almost gut punching for me is I I've I've directed um, three uh, indie action horror films um, that don't look anything. Uh, I mean, I'm really proud of them. They're really good. They're, they're the Ninjas versus trilogy, um, and uh, and they don't look like Sparks. And Sparks has a, a bigger budget than them. But when he said when he was up on the stage, and I heard Twelve Days, yeah. um, I it knocked it knocked the breath out of me. I mean, that's a, that's it's impossible. How, I mean, how does that happen? Well, I'll tell you what happened is that uh, we only had we we did it in January. Um, I think we started like the 4th of January, which is typically a very, very much a downtime in, in Los Angeles and Hollywood. Okay. So we could get the people to come and work. And we said, we have this window and we're going to do the film. Uh, what Chris does, his day job is he makes commercials. Uh, he directs commercials. He produces them. Um, many of those commercials, I have an opportunity to work with him. I line produce for him. Not all the time, but but a lot of the times. Uh, so we had a great crew in place. We had great uh, uh, art department in place. We had great uh, equipment and cameras and crew, and everybody was willing to go uh, and do Chris a favor. And, and that's how we did it. That's amazing. I mean, yeah. I, I hearing the 12 day two, I was just like, I don't even know what to do with that. <laughs> it's like, that feels like magic. I mean, I was, I was blown away that the, the, the level of, of artistry and the, um, the production design on the film. Um, it reminded me so much of, uh, of a film that's very near and dear to Alexi and I, a uh, watchman. It, it, it reminded mm -hmm. me so much of that film. Um, oh, oh, well, 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 let me, let me, uh, give a nod to Brandy Creason, who was our production designer and, and, and our art department. And there was like three people in the art department and, uh, they, they did a marvelous job. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there was a very consistent feel in it and it like, and what's cool is, so I, I got, I got to read Sparks. I hadn't read it before I saw it and I got to read it. And the, I mean, it's just remarkable how like completely the same it is. Like, except for the very end, which was obviously changed for the film, which I um, appreciated because I like, um, I like a little bit of a happier ending admittedly. Um, but it was really, I was like, wow, it's like, I mean, that almost never happens. You know what I mean? Like where you actually yeah. see the work and it's like completely the same. And you're like, that is so cool. Like it's, well, the we were very lucky to have, we were very lucky to have the graphic novel novel there. And we, we, we really did um, model every shot pretty much after an image that was uh, dra already drawn. So know, it's just so a we storyboard ready to go. That. That's great. Yeah. Uh, like, and it shows in the film, like it, it's yeah. absolutely apparent. Um, and we, we got, yeah, and we got lucky with the cast. I mean, we found that character, uh, Chase Williamson, was terrific. Ashley Bell was terrific as Lady Heavenly and Clancy Brown and Jake Busey and uh, Maria Squirtiachi uh, and uh, Clint Howard, Scott Rinker. We had just a wonderful cast, you know? Definitely. Um, before we move on to anything else, where can people who are listening right now, if they're like, okay, well, I've had enough, I want to go watch Sparks, where can they, what's the best? Or if they can buy it, they, they can go to sparksmovie.com. And uh, and I think they can they can find it there, but it's 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 uh, it's on iTunes, but I think you can find it out on DVD and uh, and VOD, so you can find it out there on the internet if you do a search. Um, and at and Walmart, right? Walmart, I believe it's. It is at Walmart. Yes, it is. Uh huh. Uh, and and as and as Clint pointed out, uh, for those of you listening, don't torrent it. Don't download it illegally. No, like no, 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 no. Or yeah. here's the thing. Here's what I say. Like, let's if you've done it, okay. Like, what's done is done. Here's what I have to say. If you did that and you watched it and you saw how great it was, you tell other people about it and you go and you buy it. 
and you support it. That's what you do. You know what I'm saying? Well, well here's like, the deal. That, because this is, you know, you have to, you have to respect the, these individuals, uh, you know, the guys that do these indies, and, and you being one of them. You do these indies, and you, mm-hmm. you max out your credit cards, and you yep. borrow from friends and families, and, uh, and uh, that really pays them back doing it that way. And the same thing for, 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 uh, for bands out there as well, you know? Yeah, like that's what I'm saying. Like people out there, if you torrent, this is not, you know, this isn't some big, huge Hollywood flick that they got so much money and you can tra- sort of tell yourself when you go to bed at night, oh, it wasn't that big a deal. They won't even notice. They'll notice. So if you liked yeah. it, go buy it, support it. Yeah. That's what you're supposed you know, to do. A buck here, a buck there adds up. You can go on Xbox and rent it. It's mm-hmm. there too. It's yep. five bucks. What's five bucks? Yep. It's the cost of a latte. Go, okay. Sparks, <laughs> I have a ton of things that if, if I had 10 hours I would ask you about, but I, I guess the one thing I should ask you about is uh, what can you tell us about like the greatest American hero? I mean, what, what, how long did you work on that show? Oh, uh, we worked on that show for about three and a half years. Maybe it stretched out a couple months before in the, in the preparation time. I met Stephen Cannell. I was on stage doing Bonjour La Bonjour, a Michelle Tremblay play in New York. Um, and uh, he flew back to New York. I, I had read the script. He said, uh, you want to come do this? We're going to have a lot of fun. Um, he was true to his word. We had a lot of fun. And um, I, I'm, I'm so pleased that I did it. Um, Bob Culp and I did not get along real well at the beginning, but we ended up to be tremendous friends. Um, and, and I'm sorry that uh, he has now moved on, and so has Stephen Cannell, but I'm still great friends with Connie Selica and Dennis Madelon, who was our wonderful stuntman on that show. So... Um, it was a great experience. It changed my life in so many ways. I, it, it was unfathomable at the time. And uh, no one had any idea it was going to be the, the uh, cult hit that it became, you know? Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I remember, like, it, there wasn't anything else like it out at the time. Like, I mean, you might have superhero stuff. Like, I mean, yeah. but that stuff was more serious, you know? But, but even, if you, even if you did, right, what'd you have? You had, you had the Hulk, you had Wonder Woman, you had the old 66 Bat... The, the 66 Batman and the 50 Superman, I mean, what else was there? Um, and then, uh, you know, if you look at, I just saw Amazing Spider-Man uh, 2 last night or two nights ago um, with my kid. And it was, it was great. A wonderful film. It was, but it was, you know, the, the film was about Peter Parker. Um, yeah. And the first show that I saw that was like that, that, you know, the Hulk was Bill Bixby was always the one who came in and, and it wasn't really about him. He was just the catalyst behind whatever plot was going to happen that week. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wonder Woman was always Wonder Woman. Superman, you know, as as pointed out in that great film, Kill Bill, is always Superman. Batman was was camp. Um, but, uh, yeah, but this was fun. But this is, you were Ralph. I mean, that's the thing. It was Ralph first and the hero second. And that's like, that wasn't done. That had not been nice. That's the thing now, but that's like, yeah, at I, the time that was not done. Definitely. Yeah. It was, it was different, you know, and you were this well, cute school teacher, you know, that kind well, of, got you know, you, 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 you gotta, you gotta tilt your hat to, to Stephen Cannell because that was his whole idea. You know, I mean, uh, I, I think that they had asked him to do this show to write something. And he said, well, I'm going to do it, but I'm gonna let you know that, uh, there's going to be instructions and it's going to be like putting a guy in an F 16 and he doesn't know how to fly it. Um, he always thought of it. I, I can say this now for sure. He, he always thought of it as a uh, situation comedy. He would find the comedy in a situation and then back a plot into that. And that's how the show was constructed. Well, and I, I assume you've seen Iron Man, right? I have, yes. Yeah. So, so without The Greatest American Hero, you don't have those scenes of Tony putting on his armor. 
Yeah. Like that's like that's that's when I when I say it's inserted into the DNA of you know I'm sure that John Favreau watched that show. I'm sure that uh, it's the, the you know without that you know look at the Spider Mans that came out. You don't have Peter Parker crashing and not knowing how to use his webbing. I mean it's it's it, it started on the show, and I think that for for a generation of of writers and directors far more powerful than I am. I think that that's, uh, I mean, I even put that into my very first film and sort of unconsciously my characters find out that they have superpowers and spend about 20 minutes um, basically fucking around and not knowing what to do with them. Um, yeah. um, and that's, I mean, it's, I think that the show as a cult hit, uh, you know, now that the nerds have taken over, um, yep. you know, we, we grew up on that. And I think that that inserts itself into sort of the creative DNA of the way that we would look at a superhero genre. Yeah. yeah. All, I think he was kind of a superhero when he wasn't even being a superhero though. Like that's part of what I liked about it too. Like he was a teacher that cared, you know, yeah. like at his base. And it, I mean, that's, you know, like the way the whole show starts, you know, where he's kind of getting these bad things. It, it, it's interesting now having hindsight on this whole thing, having some perspective, because at the time you have to remember, you know, when, when I did that show, I mean, I, I thought it was the kiss of death initially because um, I said, oh, they, they've boxed me in. I'm going to be a cartoon for the rest of my life. That wasn't the case. But at the time, it was. I mean, once you did those shows, uh, I bet Adam West would reflect on that uh, for a moment or so about how, uh, you know, it might have boxed him in in terms of uh, uh, what his future roles would be able, he would be able to encompass as an actor, you know. Um, it was it was hard for me at the time following that show. I mean, it wasn't like it is now when you have wonderful actors like uh, Robert Downey and Ed Norton and all these wonderful actors that just they they uh, they really look for those uh, franchises to be a part of. You know, my, it wasn't my, the case then. You know, my understanding is that the reason that Robert Redford is in the new Captain America movie is that his agent called them and said, "I want to do it." Oh. Um. Uh, hey, speaking of Robert Redford, <laughs> um, uh, uh, there is a film uh, in um, in your past uh, called Butch and Sundance: The Early Years. Yeah. Um, uh -huh. um, and uh, uh, my understanding, you were playing the uh, the role that Robert Redford played originally, correct? Uh, that that is correct. And Tom Berenger played uh, the the Paul Newman role. It was uh, uh, again. Uh, it was uh, supposed to be. I mean, I think I believe it was the first prequel that was ever made, and I think that they turned that uh, that, that term came from that from that film, um, a prequel. Um, the great Richard Lester, who did the the uh, Beatles movies, he directed that, and he uh, he called us and he said because I didn't want to do it initially, and he said this is going to be a Victorian western, a very different type of western, and. Um, and it was. It, it, it was a lot of fun, and I, I really enjoyed working with him and Tom. They, they were both great. I mean, yeah, you've done a lot of different genres, I, I would say, across your whole career. And I read something on IMDb that I'm not sure if it's true, so I've been dying to ask you. Mm -hmm. Did you, so it says on there that there, like, this is some trivia, that you auditioned opposite Kurt Russell for Luke Skywalker. Well, it's not trivia because it's on the, uh, it's on the, I believe it's on the DVDs as, as the added. Uh, on the scene. bonus features? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Kurt Russell and I auditioned for Han Solo and Luke Skywalker. Yeah, I thought we did a great job. I, when I, I read I think, that, I didn't I know that. I, I was like, you would have been a great Luke. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> my no, are you was too long, for God's sakes. 
Um, it'll be old news by the time we post this next week, but today they announced the name of Star Wars Episode Seven, or or it's the rumored name is going to be the Ancient Fear. So oh, nice. we'll 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 see if it's true. It's a three three names, just like a New Hope and the Phantom Menace, the Ancient Fear. So we'll we'll see how it goes. Um, you know, it's it's really interesting because I uh, my understanding is that Carrie was auditioning at the same time um, uh-huh. as as Star Wars, and for you know for like people like me and 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 Alexia who were just we were being born at that time. We both been actors. We've been actors in uh, in this area, which is not like being actors in L.A. And we're big fans of 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 those films. You get the sense that there's there's this much smaller pool of people that are that are popping up. Um, like when you hear you, Kurt Russell, and Carrie Fisher versus you know Sissy Spacek, that that it's that there's this talent pool that's that's very small. Oh, I, I think the talent pool is quite extensive, and, and my God, over the years, I mean, it's just quadrupled. And you know, at at at, at the time for all of those films, uh, I, I suppose it was a lot smaller. The the uh, the pond was smaller, so to speak. But but these days, it's like an ocean. You know? Our our friend uh, our friend Daniel, uh, who's uh, who's in Sparks, who is up there on the stage with you, uh, has just uh, made his uh, trek out to uh, to L.A. to uh, pursue his uh, his fortune as a voice actor. Um, nice. So, uh, so we're sort of following the uh, the the exploits as he's meeting with people and doing workshops and meeting agents and and uh, um, it's so like when you're here, it's it, I suppose for you, it's it's just sort of the way things, you know, the way things are. It's just you, when you grew up and, and your parents were doing it. But it's so, it's very mysterious um, from this point of view. It's, it's, it's really fascinating to hear just what the expectations are versus what, you know, what it's really like out there. Hey, you know, before we go uh, too much longer, I want to uh, uh, alert uh, your, your listeners that I have a couple films coming out. Not only should they go out and check out Sparks, but I have a film called um, uh, The Unwanted, with uh, Hannah Fierman, the wonderful Hannah Fierman, uh, actress, and uh, Christine Orr, uh, Robert Hatch, and Chris Burns, and, and then I have another film uh, that I did with Buck Hall, uh, Call and Nick Turturro, called Subterranea, which uh, both those films are coming out in the next year, and they are just terrific, just like Sparks. Uh, what, what is, if, if you could give us a quick rundown, what is, what is the, uh, the Unwanted about? The Unwanted is... Uh, it's kind of like the Forbidden Planet, but here, here on Earth, you know, it's about a, a, a dad who sequesters his daughter and keeps her, uh, because of circumstances, he keeps her uh, on his, in his house, in his abode, and um, manipulates her in many, many different ways. Uh, it's, it's a little saucy. Uh, <laughs> it's it, it, it non-stored that way, but there's nothing... N- nothing. It's just uh, nods that way that there's something weird going on there at the house. Uh, it, it's a thriller in in the Hitchcock fashion. Um, it, it's pretty good. It's pretty darn good. Uh, a, a wonderful filmmaker by the name of Brett Wood out of Atlanta made this film and uh, premiered at the Atlanta Film Festival about two weeks ago. And I and I had already read a little bit about Subterranea. That sound. Tell us about that because that sounds that sounds uh, dark. A little bit scary. Very dark. Nick Turturro was in that. Bug Hall, both marvelous actors. And again, it's about a father uh, through a set of circumstances. Uh, he keeps a, a young man, his son, or an adopted son, uh, a prisoner in his own house. 
and uh, doesn't let him experience anything having to do with life. No television, no radio, no nothing. And then when he's in his mid-20s, he lets him go in the world as an experiment to see what happens. Oh, wow. That it's, is... It's a fascinating film. So in both um, of these films, you're kind of a twisted dad. Is that what I'm getting? <laughs> a twisted dad, and I fit the bill so well. <laughs> do you actually do we have to be worried for your children <laughs> <laughs> oh my children are all messed up believe me <laughs> they're coming home their dad's got a fork sticking out of his face <laughs> what's going on here um um well uh the the william cat um you thank you so much for for coming on and joining us and being part of our um our crazy we're usually a a foul mouth star trek show but i mean like i said i could go you know we we've just scratched the surface uh guys look up uh do you have a website do you have somewhere they can look you up and just keep up on well on i have a great american hero facebook page that uh okay. my friend uh, marcy baku runs for me hey okay. just a little bit of trivia uh deep space nine uh uh, uh for the Behind the scenes, it, uh, Dennis Madalone, Dennis Danger, was a stunt coordinator on Greatest American Hero, and he was the stunt coordinator on Deep Space Nine for those many, many years. Really? Really? So, yeah. I, 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 I have to admit, I am on probably my fifth DS9 rewatch, and I watched, uh, it's when I put my two-year-old, uh, two-year-old to bed, he always falls asleep like on my shoulder, and I watch a, a full episode of DS9 as he sleeps, and sort of my daily rituals I, as I put him to sleep. So I'm actually yeah. probably, probably watched his work today. Um, yeah. So, probably. Uh, you know, and they, they, there's a lot of talk that like everybody does Star Trek, did have you ever auditioned I, for? Did you ever want no, to do Star Trek? No, no, I never. I never did it. I'm so upset that I never got to do with that. To do it. If you could have done any of them, which like what would you like? What would have been the one that you would have wanted to do the most? Oh my God! I think one of the feature films, the first feature film, I was just my favorite. Yeah. I guess um, because the look was so was so. Um, it, it just the it it looked so awesome compared to the TV show, which was. The lighting was so flat, and then all of a sudden there was in a feature film, and they looked so good. You know? <laughs> Absolutely. You know what? You would look so good in one of those uniforms, by the by. Just saying. Hey, listen, yeah, 20, years, 20 years ago. <laughs> um, listen. I even think today, although I will admit 20 years ago when I was watching you in house, I was you know, with those deep V-necks they had you in, I was like... <laughs> That was a really good choice. <laughs> and then, like, you had to, like, and when you were digging a hole or whatever, you're, like, half-naked and stuff. I, I got to tell you, I was like, that's right. Work well, it, hey, Bill. <laughs> hey, Paramount, we know you're making a third Star Trek film, probably casting it now. This is who you need to go to. Um, yes. I, oh, I'm my God, sure, totally. I'm sure they're listening. Um, <laughs> I'm sure they are. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Bill, thank you so much for, for coming on our little show. I really, really appreciate it. Oh, man, I had a great time. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. That and my, my best to all your listeners. All right, thanks. We always end the show with the, with the same sign-off. Um, so uh, we're going to keep talking after, uh, afterward, but uh, we always end with uh, Alexia says... Trek off, bitches. Can you give us a nice trek off, bitches, to our, to our lovely audience? Absolutely. Hey, trek off, bitches. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> so that was William Cat, man. Um, uh, we didn't get a lot of a chance to talk about Trek uh, because there's so many other amazing non-Trek things to talk about with William Cat. So before we go any further, uh, uh, and before we end it all, end it all because we're all gonna die. How was your Trek week? Um, my Trek week, I was pretty good. I feel like it was decent. I mean, I I got to watch some good ones. 
Um, strangely, I'm at a point where I'm in, um, I guess, next gen, where like I feel like every other episode is like make you cry episodes. Really? Yeah. Like I, I watched the one where, um, was it uh, where Loxana falls in love with the guy who has to commit suicide at sixty? Oh yeah, no, that's rough. You uh, know, yeah. Um, the one with, I mean, the first trill. Which I do like what they eventually did with them, but again, Doctor Beverly, Doctor Beverly has yeah. a love, you know what I mean, like, and that has to pretty much be like, okay, peace out, because I can't do the lesbian thing, um, yeah. like, and I feel like they skirted that kind of well though, because I, I was like, upon reflection, I'm like, she didn't say it was because he was a chick. Now it was more because I can't keep doing this. Like I had to adjust to you being Riker while Riker was kind of keeping you alive as a host. And that was fucking weird. And then now I've got to try to adjust to the fact that like, you're a chick. Like we just, I don't know, man, like I'm just not that flexible, you know? Like, so she admitted that it was like sort of a shortcoming of hers. Well, Um, and it's, you know, and it's perfectly okay for her to be attracted to whoever and whatever she's attracted. Agreed. But like, you know, but I guess what I'm saying is it wasn't so much just, oh, well, you're a woman now, so it won't work. It wasn't like, it wasn't framed that way. It was framed in a, I don't like, what will the next host be? And when will that be? And how do I adjust to that? Like, I just can't cope. Like I, as a, you know, sort of a, you know, not as, I guess, universe um, knowledgeable as I could be. Like, I don't know emotionally what to do with that. Yeah. Right. So like it wasn't necessarily about I mean, I think it needed to be something big. Right. Because if it had just been like another dude, that wouldn't have been too much of a shift. Yeah, I got to say, reg- but- regarding the trail, I like what they do with them better, because in that one, you didn't get the sense that the personality changed. Yes, you did um, not. That's what I'm saying. Like they really were like, fleshed out like they didn't like really even know that there was the symbiote. Um, and they don't look the same. I definitely like the spots, but yeah, they don't, there was no indication like, that like the hoster like, in has any say that it was this actual symbiotic relationship. It was more yeah. like, it's just a carrier for the, you know, the symbiote. Right. So, so what else, what else did you, did you get? I mean, I guess those, I mean, that's kind of what I meant. Like I was sort of, I'm, that's where I am in the season of, of next gen. And well, I've gotten to season two of DS nine again. Um, okay. Which, which is fun. Um, I, it's very familiar, but it, I'm starting to get into like the first like four part arc where, like, it's the circle arc where the the Bajorans like are finally kind of terrorism against the Federation. So it's, it's, it's interesting stuff. Again, I feel like it's all. You know what it is? The episode I just watched is the second episode of that where uh, where Kira goes down and 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 it's teaching win. them how to be. Well, no, no. It's when, 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 like, she's chilling out because she's been kicked off the space station. She's with Beryl, and that's where th- it's the one where Vedic Wynn goes, goes, uh, goes. Feel free to stay as many days as you like, even a week, at the monastery. Like, like when she's just the first sense that you get of how incredibly shitty she can be. It's my favorite line I think she ever speaks. Really? Um, well, because it's so it's so shitty because she's got such a smile and she's just, oh yeah no she's, she's being so on the surface nice but when she just goes when she goes you know. Feel free to stay as many days as you'd like, even a week, if all, if absolutely necessary. It's just like it's so shitty. Like, gee, um, thanks, bitch. Do you, do you feel a connection to that bitch that you played, uh, Nurse Ratchet? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Like, it definitely. Totally. Like, I feel like any good actor who's going to play that role, like, you should just study her because, like, she's 
like a lot of the time, a lot of the people that came that I noticed when I went to audition for that role, a lot of the women that showed up, like they were just, they were very bitchy in their audition, which I always felt like that's just, that's just kind of the wrong tack from my perspective, because what I always thought was so chilling about what she did was that she was so seemingly nice. Like that's what made her so awful. And yet I never got a sense that you were doing an imitation. So like, like, yeah, I, 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 I enjoyed it. Well, um, Hey, listen, guys, uh, this has been spectacular. Uh, again, thanks so much, uh, William Cat. Um, just unbelievably cool. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, like, and ridiculously cool. Sparks, uh, go to Sparks on Amazon. Buy it there. Go look it up on Google. Uh, look up William Cat. Look up, you know, Daniel Ross. Look up Chris Felino. Look up all these guys because they have just been such a gift uh, yes. to our show. Um, so thank you. Um, my name is Justin. And my name is Alexia. Trek off. Trek off, bitches. So you just finished the episode and you're like, hey, that was fun. I'd like more Trek off to put in my ear hole, to put into my brain part. Well, that's really easy. All you got to do is go to trekoffpodcast.com. There's over 100 hours of Trek off. It's free. Just go there, trekoffpodcast.com or search iTunes or whatever pod feed you use or trekoffpodcast.com. That's really easy. You can also like us on Facebook where you'll hear information about everything that we do. Like us there, especially hearing about trekoffmovie.com. That's our movie. We're making a movie based on this. The trailer's there. Links are there. Trekoffmovie.com, trekoffpodcast.com. Thank you for listening and trek off.